This podcast is a presentation of Sunset Presbyterian Church. For more information, log on to our website at www.sunsetpres.org. All right, last week we started our Highlights in Leviticus sermon series. And if you're just now joining us today, you can see the first sermon online as well. Um, The theme, but just to remind us about Leviticus, the theme of Leviticus is holiness. And the traditional Hebrew title for Leviticus comes from the first word in the book of Leviticus, which is he called. That's the first word, he as in God. God called. God called Israel to be holy. God said, make yourself holy and be holy for I am holy. Now, holy simply means to, to be set apart. It means to be different. It means to be unique, to be distinct from other people. So God is calling his people to be holy. But the question is, how do we become holy? And the book of Leviticus answers that question. So in Leviticus, God calls his people to become holy in seven main ways. And it's beautifully written in a chiastic structure with the center is the Day of Atonement. And so at the beginning, you see rituals at the beginning and the end, and then the priests and coming closer, and then purity laws coming closer, all focusing on the Day of Atonement. So he, he gives them ways to be holy through ritual sacrifice, which is a call to, to fellowship with God. And that's what we're going to look at today. The ordination of the priests is a call to be set apart. The ritual purities is a call to celebrate life. The day of atonement is a call to be forgiven. The moral purities is a call to love your neighbor. The holiness of the priests is a call to be holy. And then the ritual feast is a call to participate in the rhythms and the rituals of worship and celebration. But today, we're going to take a look at ritual sacrifices. And we're going to see five main offerings. The burnt offering, the grain offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, and the guilt offerings. The the ritual sacrificial system, which is what we're looking at, is all about how God called Israel to come into fellowship with him. God wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to be in relationship with you. And when I think about our current situation, our restrictions from gathering together, I can think of no more important thing to hear, to understand, to believe, than that our living God wants to be close to you. In fact, is close to you, but longs to be in fellowship with you, longs to be in relationship with you. God wants fellowship with us, and he's right here with us to do that. So let's pray and ask him to help us as we come to his word. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Holy Father, Holy Father, we thank you that you are present with us through your Holy Spirit. The church is not a building, it's your people. We are your temple. Your people are your temple. Behold, God, you say that our, your dwelling place is with us. 
And so where we are, whether in our homes or wherever we are, you are there with us. And so would you fill us and anoint us and empower us with your Holy Spirit? May your Spirit empower the homes and the places where we're, uh, where we're worshiping right now. Uh, and may you help us see how you want to come close in relationship with us. Help us to see that through this sacrificial system. Help us to come close to you. For we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Today we're going to be looking at the ritual sacrifices in Leviticus 1, chapter 1 through 7. Yes, I'm going to look at seven chapters of Leviticus. And, and it's all about how we come close into fellowship with God. So in Leviticus, God calls Israel to draw near into his presence through the sacrificial system. So today, I just want to ask three questions about the sacrificial system. First, what is a sacrifice? Second, how, how, or why? Why do we make a sacrifice? And then third, how did they make a sacrifice? Then we're going to hear some very good news that all these ritual sacrifices point and are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So question number one, what is a sacrifice? The Hebrew word for sacrifice is korban. Can you say that? Korban. Hebrew, the, 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 it's a, a noun. The Hebrew noun korban is actually translated with two different English words. It, that same word can be translated offering or it can be translated sacrifice. So a sacrifice is an offering, and an offering is a sacrifice. But what is the whole idea of offering all about? God said, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, when any one of you brings an offering to the Lord, he shall bring an offering of livestock from the herd or from the flock. Now when we read Leviticus 1 verse 2 in English, it sounds normal. But if you were to read this verse in Hebrew, it would sound strange. The structure of the sentence itself is strange. The sentence is unexpected in Hebrew. So let me try to explain this. In English, it says, when any one of you brings an offering to the Lord. But in Hebrew, the phrase of you is arranged differently. In Hebrew, it says, when anyone brings an offering of you to the Lord. And isn't that interesting? An offering of you. The essence of a sacrifice is that we are offering ourselves. It's an offering of you. That's what's happening. The physical form of the sacrifice, as we're going to see, is with animals uh, you shall take it, the offering from the livestock, from your herd, or from the flock. But the animals are symbols. The animals are an extension of you. So what's really happening in a sacrifice is that it is an offering of you, and that's what the symbol's pointing to. So in the first seven chapters of Leviticus, we see five main offerings. So let's take a look at these five main offerings because God called Israel to offer themselves symbolically through these sacrifices. So five main offerings. We'll take a look at one at a time. 
First, we read about the burnt offering. A burnt offering was voluntary. It was of a bull, a ram, a goat, or a dove, or pigeon. A burnt offering was a way of saying, I'm yours. So a burnt offering was an offering in which the whole animal was burned up. The the Hebrew word burnt literally means ascend or to ascend. So the smoke of the burnt offering would ascend to God. So to offer a burnt offering was a symbolic way of offering all of you. (laughs) All of you is ascending to God. You are offering all of you. It's a way of saying, I give all of me to you, Lord. I give 100% of me as yours. Uh, I, I am totally devoted to you. It's like when we sing, I surrender all. I surrender all to you. Now, we may not burnt, uh, sacrifice burnt offerings. I mean, I don't know about you, but we may not. I, I haven't been sacrificing burnt offerings. We may not sacrifice burnt offerings today. But when we offer ourselves to someone, doesn't it draw us close together? For example, wedding vows bring two people close together. So when two people offer their wedding vows to each other, they're saying, I give all of me to you. It's a holy moment because when they offer their faithful and loving devotion to only that person, um, and what that promise does to those two individuals is it literally glues them together. It binds them. It draws them close. So when we give all of ourselves to someone, it draws us very close to that person. That's what's happening in a burnt offering. It's an offering to God. It's a symbolic way of saying, I am yours. So the second offering is the grain offering. A grain offering was voluntary of flour, oil, frankincense, salt, no yeast. It was a way of saying thank you. So we may not sacrifice grain offerings today, but when we offer thanks to someone, we do grow closer to them, right? So my wife, for example, my wife and I, for example, we facilitated a marriage course with some couples a years, years ago. And um, there was an exercise that we had to do for seven weeks. And every day we were supposed to identify something that we were thankful for about our spouse. So every day for seven weeks. And I can tell you, by only practicing gratitude, I felt closer, thanking God for her, thanking her for who she is thanking her for what she does. Um, Day in, day out, seven weeks drew us. We're already close, and that practice drew us incredibly much closer together. So when Israel offered a grain offering to God, it was a symbol of saying thank you, and that uh, offering of thanks then would draw them close to God. The third offering was the peace offering. It was a voluntary. It was an offering that every one of them ate, and it was an offering of an animal and bread. It was a symbol of fellowship with God because after they offered the peace offering, they would eat together. And it was a power, eating is a powerful way to symbolize fellowship. It was a way of saying, hey, let's, 
Let's eat, let's dine together. Let's feast. Let's fellowship. You know, in the time of Jesus, eating together was a very powerful sign of being at peace with one another. That's why there were so many strict rules against eating with tax collectors and sinners, because essentially when you ate a meal together, you were at one with each other. You were at peace. You identified with one another. So again, we may not offer peace offerings, uh, but when we eat together, Something happens there. When we eat a meal, when we share a cup of coffee, we fellowship with one another, and that draws us close together. The fourth offering is the sin offering. It's a mandatory... Now, listen, the sin offering is a mandatory offering. That's because God knows that we do wrong things. We sin. That it's part of our nature. It's the longest section the, the kind of offering depended on who you were, but a, the sin section is the largest section in this chapter on offerings, and it starts this way. The, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the people of Israel saying, if anyone sins, what? Unintentionally. If anyone sins unintentionally, and any of the Lord's command about things not to be done and does any, of, any one of them. Notice that it says, if anyone sins unintentionally. Why wouldn't you say sins, period? So a sin offering was a way of saying sorry for my unintentional sin. And the whole idea of unintentional sin is that God is, what God is in a powerful way here saying to Israel is that you should all know the law. It, it's not an excuse to say, well, I, I didn't really know. Um, what God is calling them to is that they should know the Lord's command. Now, I want to show you something in, very interesting in the text about sin offerings. There are different examples of people who commit unintentional sin. So notice in the text, it'll say, if a high priest sins, or if a congregation sins, or if a common person sins. But then when it gets to the ruler, it says, when? (laughs) Notice the law, when it talks about the leader's sin, it says, when? Everyone else, it's if, if, if. But it's a when. A leader is referring to a political leader in Israel. So it could have been the king. Um, but the, the king, the ruler, the leader is under the law as well. So a leader should know what the law says too. But when it comes to a leader, it says when. In other words, the law of Leviticus understands that a leader will sin. It's not a matter of if they sin, but when they sin. So when the leader of Israel offered a sin offering, and remember it was a mandatory offering, the leader was confessing sin, saying sorry, and receiving God's forgiveness. Isn't that an incredibly powerful uh, sign? I also want to point out another interesting detail. In this chapter on sin offerings, God calls Israel to carry the offering, the bull, outside of the camp and burn it up. So a burnt offering was burned up, ascended on the altar of burnt offering in front of the tent of meeting. But a sin offering had to be carried outside of the camp. Isn't that interesting? We'll get to that later. 
Now, the fifth offering is the guilt offering. The guilt offering was mandatory. God spoke to Moses and he said, if anyone commits a what? A breach of faith. So it's an interesting line. And the sins, un- and sins unintentionally in any of the holy things of the Lord. So a guilt offering was similar to a sin offering, but you were admitting your guilt, and then you offered restitution and added 20%. So, for example, if you stole, your, if you stole something from your neighbor, you would then say sorry for that wrong, you would then replace what was stolen, then you would offer 20% more on top of that. So not only are you saying sorry, not only are you confess, confessing sin and admitting guilt, um, but you're making it right, and then you're adding to that as well. Now notice, if anyone commits a breach of faith, that is such an incredible line. That is what sin is all about. Fundamentally, sin is about a breach of faith. It's about broken faith. It's when we trust something other than God, which we often are tempted to do, when that happens, that's what causes our fall into sin. So what's a a sacrifice? A sacrifice is an offering of you, and the animal is just an outward symbol of the inner reality, and what's really happening is that you're offering yourself to God in a way that draws you close to God, and you see how all these offerings did that. And that leads us to our second question. Why sacrifice? Why do this in, at all? The sacrificial system is God's idea for bringing us close in fellowship with him. So what is the meaning of the word sacrifice? The, the, the noun sacrifice is korban, means offering or sacrifice. But there's a different verb for to sacrifice. The Hebrew verb that's translated to sacrifice or the act of offering something as a sacrifice, the Hebrew literally means to bring close. Isn't that interesting? The act of sacrificing simply means to bring close. So, in other words, a sacrifice in Hebrew is not about giving something up. That's how we often think of it. But it's rather about bringing close. So a sacrifice is meant to bring us close to God. And to sacrifice is that act of bringing close. So we do this all the time in our relationships. For example, there's a marriage book called The Five Love Languages. Not sure if you've heard of it, but The Five Love Languages are offering uh, words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, physical touch, and, when, and, and we feel loved when someone gives us these five gifts. Or another way of putting it, we feel loved when someone offers us these five offerings. When we offer these gifts, we sacrifice something to give, but the sacrifice is not about giving something up. It's about bringing us close together. And we are offering these five gifts so that we are close to that person. So sacrifice is not about giving up. It's about drawing close in that relationship. And that is why. That is why God called Israel to offer sacrifices. It was given so that they would draw close in fellowship with him. And that leads us to the third and final question. How did they sacrifice? And this gets interesting. 
So how did God call them to make a sacrifice? God actually instructs them how to give an offering. So first, you would bring your offering of you to the entrance of the tent of meeting. And then secondly, you would lay your hands on the animal's head. And it was a symbolic way of identifying with the animal because the animal was an offering of you. And by laying your hand on the head of the sacrifice, you were symbolically transferring your sin onto the animal. Then the third step, you would then sacrifice the animal right there next to the altar. Then the priest would take the blood, which is a sign of life, uh, of your sacrifice, and the priest would splatter that blood on the altar. And then in some cases of sin and guilt offering, the priest would take the blood, bring it actually inside the tent of meeting, and sprinkle blood seven times in front of the veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. And then he would put some of the blood on the, ho- the horns of the altar of incense right there in front of God's presence. And then in other cases, the priest would put blood on the horns of the altar of burnt offering and then pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the offering. Then, after that, you would sacrifice a peace offering, and then there would be a huge celebration. <laughs> there would, everybody would eat together. Everybody would enjoy fellowship with one another, with the priests, and with God. And there, so the sacrificial system had a rhythm to it, which ended in a feast. It ended in celebration. Remember, a sacrifice was an offering of you. So God called them to this rhythm of sacrifice. The burnt offering was sacrificed in the morning and at night daily and weekly and monthly and yearly. So first, you'd bring the, the burnt offering. You're saying, I'm all yours. And then you bring a sin offering and say, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed. Or a guilt offering as a way of saying, I admit I'm guilty to this, and then bring restitution. Then you bring a grain offering as a way of saying, thank you, God, for forgiving me. And then you'd offer the peace offering, everyone would eat it, and you'd have this big party. You'd have fellowship with God. You'd eat a feast together. Well... If it's hard for you to imagine animal sacrifices, if you think this is gruesome and barbaric, well, then I have some good news for you. The whole sacrificial system, everything that we've been looking at, all points to Jesus. Jesus said, I have not come to abolish the law. He's talking about Leviticus, the Levitical law, but to fulfill it. The whole sacrificial system finds its fulfillment in Jesus. Jesus is the, the, the sacrifices are a shadow that points to the substance, to the reality being Jesus. Listen to how Hebrews 10 puts it. For since the law, that's talking about Leviticus, has but a shadow of the good things to come instead of the true form of the realities. So Hebrews is saying that the, the sacrificial system is a shadow that points to the reality. And that reality, that substance is Jesus Christ. It can never by the same sacrifice, sacrifices that are continually offered every year make perfect those who what? Draw near. That's the whole idea of the sacrificial system. Hebrews then says otherwise, those sacrifices... The, the sacrifices not have ceased, would, sorry, would the sacrifices not have ceased to be offered since the worshiper, having 
once been cleansed would no longer have any consciousness of sins. But in these sacrifices, referring to Levitical sacrifices, there is a reminder of sin every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. But Jesus is that one-time sacrifice who cleanses us. So Jesus fulfills the law of the sacrificial system. Look at this. He, Jesus is our burnt offering. First Peter says, But with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish. Now, a lamb without blemish is the language used in Leviticus to describe the burnt offering. Christ, Ephesians says Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and sacrifice. Now, this fragrant offering is the language of the burnt offering. Fragrant offering, that goes all the way back to Abel's offering and Noah's offering. And in Leviticus, it describes the burnt offering as that pleasing aroma. Jesus becomes our burnt offering. Jesus is a type of grain offering. Jesus himself before his death says, Truly, truly, I say, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So it becomes a type of grain offering, which is a thanksgiving offering to God. Jesus is also our peace offering. Colossians 1 says, Through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace. How? By what he did on the cross. His death literally reconciles God in heaven and makes peace with God. But his death also makes it more possible for us to reconcile with one another on earth, making peace with one another as well. He becomes our peace offering. Jesus is also our sin offering. First Peter 2 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds we're healed. So in the, in the sacrificial system, sin, uh, the sin offering, if you remember, could not be offered at the altar of burnt offering. The sin offering had to be carried outside the camp. And that's why Hebrews says, So Jesus also suffered where? had to be outside the gate, outside the camp in order to make us holy, the people. And how does that happen? Through his blood. He becomes our sin offering. Jesus is also our guilt offering. Isaiah 53, which points to the Christ as the suffering servant, says, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for what? Guilt. Hear the good news. Jesus fulfills every offering, (laughs) every offering. But I have even more good news. Not only does Jesus fulfill all these offerings, Jesus is the once and for all forever single sacrifice. Listen to Hebrews 10. For, and every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ has offered for what? All time. A single sacrifice for sins. He's done. He sits at the right hand of God the Father. For by a single offering he has perfected, he has holified for all time those who are being made holy. Who is that? You. (laughs) Me. Jesus becomes our once and for all sacrifice. So Jesus does not just fulfill 
the sacrifice, each sacrifice, Jesus' sacrifice fulfills the entire sacrificial system once and for all. And that's when every home went crazy. The Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's amazing. You see, the sacrificial system is all, it's all about one thing. Drawing close to God. Drawing close. I cannot think of a more important thing to do right now in this time, in this time in history, than to draw close to our living God. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for calling Israel into this into these ritual sacrifices and what they point to and how they point to Jesus Christ. We thank you for what it means. It means that you love us, that you are not far away, but you are right there with us. And it means you want to have a relationship with us. You want to fellowship with us. When we eat a meal, we're not eating alone. We are eating with you. You want to draw close to us. So Heavenly Father, in every home, in every workplace, wherever we are, the church is everywhere, wherever we are, fill us with your Holy Spirit that we could experience you, your closeness to us, that we could be in continual relationship with you, and that will make all the difference. We thank you for this good news in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Sunset Church is a house of prayer for all nations. Um, That vision comes from Jesus. He says that every church is to be a house of prayer for all nations. And uh, recently I've been reading a book called The Grace Outpouring, and it it talks about this Christian retreat center um, that calls itself a house of prayer for all nations and just the amazing uh, work that God does there and the the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, um, the miracles that they see. And in that book they talk about um, how they wanted there to be local houses of prayer, (laughs) local houses of prayer, and that they saw, they began to pray about that, and they saw these local houses of prayer um, go throughout Wales. And I I felt like God prepared me by reading that book. I've been reading it for a while. This whole idea that um, we are a house of prayer for all nations. And now every home gets to be a local house of prayer for all nations. Every workplace, everywhere you are, gets to be a house of prayer for all nations. So on this national day of prayer, I, I want to call us to spend this time, to spend this day praying for healing for our nation and for our world. And so with that, receive the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you which means to guard you and protect you, to keep you safe and healthy. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord smile upon you and give you peace, a peace that transcends all understanding. May 
he bless you in Jesus' name. And all God's people in every house of prayer all over said, Amen. God bless you.